0: Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com.
1: So you've heard what Alpha is, you've heard a bit about what you can expect if you come along to Alpha So we thought it would be really great to introduce you to some people who've actually done Alpha, so you can hear what it's really like from their point of view. So with that in mind, I'd love to invite Dave and Cheryl, if you could join me on the stage. Dave and Cheryl, I can't see you, but could you welcome them as they come and join me on the stage? Oh, there they are. Great. Woo! Hey. Dave and Cheryl. I'll give the microphone to you, but you can share it between you. So we've only got one between two, if that's okay. Great stuff. Okay, Dave and Cheryl, thank you for coming and agreeing to do this. Now, you're married, I know that, but you did Alpha at different times, didn't you? So what made you decide to do Alpha in the first place Dave
2: Thank you Sammy um, Well the first thing for me was uh, a realisation that material things and material goals were empty I was struggling with, with that concept and I came to this realisation that things just wasn't you know, enough, there, there, there's something missing from all of this so I, I reached out to a distant relative and um, he said to me do you know about Alpha Dave? I said no I don't, he said well go looking for it and he said, um, the, when, you, when you found it, you'll know you've found it because you'll find this awkward question mark at some strange <laughs> angle. And I said, okay, well, I'll go looking.
1: Yeah, yeah
2: that's good. <laughs> um, within a week, um, I'd, I'd found Alpha. I've read all about Alpha uh, by day three. So this was on, I, I remember the date because it's a really easy date to remember. It was Sunday, the 11th of November, the 11th of the 11th, which I believe is Remembrance Sunday. Oh. So on the 14th, I'd found Bible in one year. Within that sort of four days or three days, I'd already known quite a lot about Nicky Gumble. Love that. Yeah. Then Aww. his wife, Pippa. Uh, if anyone does Bible in one year, you, you, you'll get like a relationship with these guys yeah, because they you give fantastic, Aww. you know, sort of commentary. And then I started looking for churches in and around Guildford that did Alpha. Um, I, I remember Emmaus Road popping up. And thinking, yeah, yeah, that looks good. I had a really good feel about it. But you, you, you don't, you know, you think, well, no, no, I'm selling out cheap. Here. I'll go looking, carry on looking. So I was looking at all these churches in and around Guildford. And I um, thought, yeah, okay. Well, this is about a week or two has gone by now. And um, there's a lot of churches that do Alpha. But what I noticed was when I went back, you know, I thought, what was that church? Oh, yeah, Mayor's Road. I must go looking. I couldn't find it. It wasn't popping up with Alpha. So I went specifically looking for Mayes Road. And then I started emailing. And uh, Natalie will know that there I was. The stranger in the in the world, with you know, sort of these materialistic goals that just weren't coming right for me. These these were quite empty things, and I wanted more.
1: So that was your journey, and that brought you along. Yes, and you wanted to come to Emmaus, which is great. Thank you. Oh, so Cheryl, that wasn't really your journey, though, was it? No, not at all.
3: And um, I was actually quite comfortable in myself. Um, I I had um, a theory of what my religion was. Um, I was a spiritualist. And I had, um, in my wisdom, concocted that Jesus actually was a prophet. He wasn't the son of God, even though I did believe in God. Okay. Um, so then Dave used to come home okay. and tell me all these things about Alpha. And I used to be like, mm, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I saw that he was really happy and he was coming home with all these different things. And then um, there was a time where he kind of challenged me in my belief system
1: so, did you have any discussions? Um, Got any? We, let's put what, it this way: we kind
3: it's of quite
2: heated.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I, was saying,
2: I was saying, read it in the book. It's here in the book. Yes, I love and that.
3: I, I took it as a debate. So, um, <laughs> no. when when I started looking into it, I, I thought, yeah, okay, fine, I, I get that, but that doesn't apply to me. Um, but when he was kept going to Alpha and he was coming home, I thought, no, you know what? Let me go and find out what it's all about. So. Um, after Dave had finished his Alpha course, I signed up for the next one.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. So what happened on Alpha, Dave?
2: Well, Alpha is is a wonderful place, really, truly it is. It's a place you know across the road here in the Founders Studio. Um, you walk in and you feel very warm and very happy instantly. It's a, a very welcoming environment, mm-hmm. somewhere where you begin to open up and feel safe. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what it's all about. You know, you, you watch a video. By the way, you do have great food. Thanks, Mandy. <laughs> um, and
1: what happened for you?
2: So what happened for me was um, the Holy Spirit weekend was quite significant for me. Right. Uh, I, would, I would like to say thanks to Rod, who I believe is in the audience here. Um, it's, a, it's a really unusual thing, the Holy Spirit weekend. I, I wasn't prepared, to be honest with you, what it was all about. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, I'm going along, I'm feeling really happy, this is feeling we, the right thing.
1: We tried to tell you a little bit.
2: You did, you did. And you tried to be prepared for it, but you're not. But don't be surprised. Um, this is, a, for me, a, a head and a heart moment. So what happened here during a very simple prayer that, that I was doing, I was, it's, a, it's a three-worded prayer that I'm sure you all know. It's come Holy Spirit, you invite the Holy Spirit. And I was chanting this. And then for the first time I heard Rod and a uh, our, our group leader's lead assistant um, going into tongues. And it felt powerful. I felt lifting by this. I was beginning to, to fly. This is my heart moment. I'm beginning to lift and fly. And everything was great. Were you I,
1: really flying?
2: I, I believed I was. You know, I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> my, my heart told me I was And you see, I'm not in the head space now. Oh, right. okay. So in my heart, I'm flying. I'm up and lifted. And everything made sense. And then, of course, within seconds, your head's saying... Hang on a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> and, and the strange thing was, then it's then asking me, What's this wind blowing on you? Right. And of course, like, I'm not going to open my eyes, I'm enjoying this far too much. The heart arguing with the head now, and the head's going, Come on, you've got to make sense of this. This isn't rational, you know, you've got to try and rationalise this and make sense of this. So at that moment, I, I thought I'd open my eyes and find out where this wind was blowing from. So you, you're looking around for a fan, and there's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I truly had an outward uh, moment as well, where I had goosebumps all over me, and it was evident that you know this, this, there was a wind blowing across me because my, my my skin and everything had reacted to that.
1: Amazing! I love that. So, so all this is going on for Dave and you're still, there's nothing going, you're at home yeah. still thinking what's going <laughs> on with Dave. Yes. So what happened for you on Alpha? Um, so I started,
3: when I started going to Alpha, one of the things that I'd realised that everyone is so welcoming, um, I felt really nervous going there, obviously with Dave and his experiences and me going there has what I believe, my belief system, um, and I thought, you know, people are going to judge me, and no one did, and it was really welcoming and it was a safe place for me to be able to ask questions. Um, and one of the things that made, as I started doing Alpha, I realised actually I don't know hardly anything about the Bible, um, and it was a, it was a journey of opening up and understanding and learning new things, and then we had the um, wildfires in between my Alpha the course. conference, yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, I remember there was I can't remember the lady's name, but she was on stage and she was praying, and I started praying saying if you are Jesus, if you are the Son of God, come and show me. And he did. He came to me and he, He, in my vision, I saw him standing and he said, trust in me, just trust in me. Um, so I went back home to Guildford and carried on with Alpha and then it came to the Holy Weekend. Um, I was a bit anxious because obviously with my experiences that I've had before, I was worried in case it was going to be the same kind of thing. Mm. Um. And then we started doing the, you know, welcoming the Holy Spirit. And I had Sammy, and I had Rod, and I had um, Ben, who were all praying around me. And I was praying for the Holy Spirit to come and fill me. And boy, did he. The love that I felt that just went over me. And it was so, so overwhelming. It's a love that you, have, you can never, ever say anybody's made you feel that way. Um, and I just... I just got to a point where I became so emotional <laughs> and I just started crying because I couldn't stop crying because somebody loved me so much. Oh.
1: Yeah. So so since all of this, since Alpha, what difference has Jesus made in your life?
2: Um, for me, it's really to you know move away from all these um, years of trying to follow the sort of worldly earthly goals of objectives and do this and find you know you find emptiness in all of that and chasing these empty objectives and goals are quite meaningless so for me my sights are now set on jesus i
1: love that and Sarah,
3: um, i know that i'm loved am completely and utterly loved and i know that by putting my trust in jesus and putting all my prey into him i'm not alone and he's with me every day
1: Amazing. Thank you, Michelle, thank you. My second guest today is someone you all really know well, but I think her journey to faith is something that might be not so well known to you. So, welcome, Josie Gamel Coleman.
0: Hello, family. Good to see you.
1: So, welcome to the stage. Thank you're you very much.
0: Stage directing. <laughs> yeah, you, having said that, right, a lot of you here have been coached by me in public speaking. <laughs> and I know you're sitting there going, oh, yeah, let's see how good she can be. So, cut me some slack, okay? Cut me some slack. This is my story, people. This is my story. Everyone loves you.
1: So, JC. You've not always known the Lord, have you? So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey to faith?
0: So I was um, brought up in the church. I uh, believed that being a Christian was essentially about being middle class and English. I mean, I was Christian because what else was I going to be? I thought it was basic rules like, you know, don't kill anyone, don't cheat, don't lie. That was basically about it. Um, And then I didn't meet the Lord until I was 24. And prior to that, some things happened in my life that caused me to create an image of God, an understanding of God, that I was piecing together from what had happened to me. So I was looking at things that were happening in my life, and I was trying to extrapolate from that who God must be. This is not a good plan. So, the first thing that happened was when I was five years old and my family were on holiday in Cyprus. It was my mum and dad. My beloved older brother David, who was 12. My sister, who I adore, who was eight, and I had just turned five. And about a week after my fifth birthday, my brother was sleeping on the balcony which was not that high off the ground in the house where we were staying, because it was hot. And during the night, we don't know really how or why, but we think he sleepwalked off the balcony, landed on his head, and was killed instantly. This was 1970 when our understanding of child psychology was nothing in comparison to what we know today. So as a five-year-old, I went from being the greatly beloved youngest child, center of the universe, to a world where everyone was crying and no one was talking to me. My hero was here, and then the next day, he was gone. So in the absence of having any ability to own those emotions or process that loss, what I did was I created a chest in my heart and I just put it all in there. And then I locked that chest and I threw away the key. I didn't know where David was. In my mind, I pretended he was at boarding school and that he'd be back, he'd be back. Or I imagined that he was like some sort of astronaut and he was just floating out in space. I didn't manifest anything other than I went from being a shy child to a really dramatic one. I was never feeling a little unwell. I was always feeling really, really ill. Mum, I need you. I became very noisy. I became super funny. I became very entertaining. And really what it was, was it was me saying, see me, notice me, please don't forget me, I'm here. And because I wasn't presenting any problems, I wasn't like my sister having nightmares and I wasn't weeping and I wasn't, everyone just thought Josie doesn't really know what happened and so she's okay. So life continued and um, I struggled through adolescence, and my parents, much to their credit, stayed together, and we were a classic British family, right? We didn't talk about it, just didn't talk about it. And I got to university, and I did that student thing where I started to really ask questions about life. And I thought, "Why, why do I say I'm a Christian? actually makes no difference to the way I lead my life at all. Unless there's a cute boy who happens to be a Christian, and then I'm gonna say I'm a Christian, for obvious reasons. So I was a theater student, right? So I was super cool and trendy, super cool. And I tried out the Christian Union, and I thought, good Lord, I am not going there. (laughs) So I carried on, carried on about my, about my life. And then in 1981, when I was 21 years old, I was at Glasgow University, and my mum and I were driving back to Scotland. We stopped at Kiel Services for lunch, and um, we got back in the car, and about half an hour outside Kiel Services, I fell asleep, and my mum fell asleep and we were in the middle lane of the M6 on a boiling hot april afternoon in the middle of holy week in 1987 and i woke up after we had drifted from the middle lane in with all these lorries onto the hard shoulder and i woke up as the barrier started crashing into my door and i screamed And my mother screamed and woke up, and then she heard a voice in her head, which is not something my mother is known to do, but she heard a voice in her head, and the voice said, turn in to the barrier. And she turned the wheel violently, which meant that we rode the barrier. Rather than drifting back, into three lanes of rush hour traffic and rather than rolling over the barrier so we rode the barrier and it happened to be at a point where the M6 was going over another road so we landed on the embankment and i heard dugga 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 and there was a 40 foot drop to the road below and time stopped it was like an eternal moment and friends said to me later was it really terrifying and I said no because there was absolutely no possibility that we would make it Mm. it's like my, my head did the math and it just came back zero 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 I was 21 years old and I thought, that's it, that's all I had and I've had it and I haven't done it. And I saw the bridge go past my mum's window and I closed my eyes and I was dead. I woke up when they had the jaws of life and they were cutting us out of the car and I had a lot of time in hospital to consider what had actually happened. Because I was like, how come we're here? Yeah. Why, why are we here? Mm. This isn't right. So everyone, it was a miracle, we landed on the wheels and we didn't calm anyone else. We both had spinal fractures and were in hospital for a long time, but it's, it was a miracle and everyone was rejoicing except me. Mm. Cuz I was like I had known going up growing up I had believed in the reality of God but I thought of him like a public school headmaster. Mm. You know, he was powerful and you wanted to stay on the right side of him. But I didn't know him. Mm. I knew he could do stuff. And also remember he hadn't been able to save my brother, right? So he's not that powerful. So I um, thought God had made a mistake. Yeah. That's the way I rationalized it. I went, okay, we're actually not meant to be here. Uh, it's a mistake. And so, God, being powerful, mm. would be able to take me like that. Yeah. I wouldn't have to be ill or have an accident. He could just take me. So, and what happened?
1: Yeah, so did this make you look to God?
0: No. <laughs> Quite the opposite. I just went, right. It's meaningless. The whole thing's meaningless. Like, I shouldn't be here. I'm obviously about to go. And I had these terrible nightmares. And I just became incredibly depressed. And I went back to university, and everyone was discussing who they wanted to snog at the weekend. And how are you, Josie? And I'd go, I think I'm going to die any minute. Which, of course, I couldn't say. So you can see the problem. It was desperately lonely. Anyway, and so I got through my degree. And um, then my mum got sick. And at that point, I just went, I said to God, right, I think you are real. I don't know what the hell is going on. And so you owe me. (laughs) And at that point, I literally started to systematically destroy my life. I was just like, yeah, you care about this, eh? Right, let's smash this. Let's do that. Yeah, because it doesn't matter, does it? So it's really dark. And then this thing happened. My sister came to visit. And she had been in Nepal and been sent a book by Jackie Pullinger called Chasing the Dragon. And she had read about a power of God she had never experienced in 27 years of church going. And she thought, I must go to Hong Kong and find out if it's true. So she went to Hong Kong and she came back to visit me. And I was absolutely in the pit of shame Mm. and she came in she was like this bright light and she was babbling away about god is so amazing and he's so real and then she took a bible out of her bag in a public space (laughs) i was horrified i said put it away i know people here
1: what are you doing?
0: <laughs> and she kept saying to me, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's just so amazing. Do you know what I mean? I was reading in Ephesians, and I was like, if what? <laughs> and finally, I said to her, with real grief, I said, no, I have no idea what you mean. And I hated how she had changed, because I thought, how can I share with her what I'm doing? How can I share with her what my life's like? Mm-hmm. And I hated God, because I thought, now you've taken her, too. So there followed a few months of really bad stuff. And then I ended up at a Billy Graham meeting at a church.
1: Hold on. So who invited you?
0: No one. And I asked three friends, and they all said no for reasons I myself would have said no. The first one was absolutely no. The second one was not my thing. And the third one was not if he's not there in person, because it was a satellite thing. And each time I remember thinking, yeah, fair enough. I think I'll go. And even as I said it, I was thinking, why? Why am I going? Okay, well, I'll go, I'll go. Ended up being a church that my godmother had told me about that I'd never looked up, but it was at this church. And I thought, well, if it's really ghastly and glossy and American, I'll just leave. And all I remember about Billy Graham was my friend Anna at boarding school having a Jesus loves you sticker on her pencil case and thinking as a good Anglican. Oh, well, I think that's a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think we need to talk about him. So anyway, I sat there, and we, they, they had this hookup with, with London. I was in Glasgow, remember. I had this hookup in London, and there was this banner that said, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I remember sitting there thinking, I've seen that before. Remember, I'd had 20 20 years of church going.
1: You saw it on
0: a pencil case. I'd seen it on a pencil case. (laughs) And then there were the people gathering on the stage. There were about 12 people on the stage in London, and I'm sitting there. And I see my sister's housemistress from boarding school, Hazel Gordon, walk onto the stage. And it was like a personal reference point it was like, this can't be whacked if Hazel's involved. <laughs> Maybe there's something to this. So the, um, you remember I had the chest of sorrow in my heart that was completely mm. locked away. And the, after the accident, what I did was I put a sack on my back and I put all that sorrow and grief and rage about what had happened in my life into that sack. And we started the service and sang, Shine, Jesus, Shine. And there's a verse in that song that says, search me, try me, consume all my darkness, shine on me. And for the first time, I felt the sack. I felt the burden that I was carrying, like um, Robert De Niro in The Mission, you know that amazing scene where he's carrying that sack of his penance up the hill. And for the first time, I wanted to be rid of it, and I started to weep. And it wasn't that outpouring of tears, it was like an infilling of tears. There's a verse in the Psalms that says, You have fed me with the bread of tears. Mm. And I accessed my tears. It was like I was getting access to all this stuff that had been going on. And then I knew it was coming because someone told me that, you know, Billy Graham will say, if you feel the Lord has spoken to you tonight, I want you to come forward. But before he said that, he said this. God loves you. And then he stopped. And I sat there, and I thought, I had tried to end it. And I thought, if God loves me, who am I, not to love myself? Mm. And then, when Billy Graham gave that invitation, two things happened. In my head, it was like the death rows of Satan. Right this. Babble of thoughts came into my head. Oh, this is really fascinating, but you don't need to make a commitment today Why don't you go home have a cup of tea talk to some friends you could come back on Sunday? You don't have to go now. You don't have to go now But in my heart what was happened for me was I Knew that it was just me and him No one had told me to go my mother hadn't encouraged me my sister wasn't worried about me. No one had said oh go on It was just me and Jesus And he was looking at me saying, do you want me? Hmm. And I said, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I want you. And I walked up to the front of that church. And it literally was like walking from darkness into light. Beautiful. So, so beautiful.
1: Just that amazing moment. So what
0: happened next? Two things. For the first time in my life, I knew joy. And I'd had many happy times in my life, but I'd never known joy, which is separate to one's circumstances, separate to one's feelings. It's just a reality. And the second thing I knew for the first time was peace. Mm. That I was enough. I didn't have to keep exaggerating and being more than I was to be heard and to be seen. Mm. But Jesus knew me. There was someone who had known me all along Mm. and understood it all, even the stuff that I couldn't understand. Mm. And what he showed me in the years following, that was 30 years ago, in the years following, was that I had no memory of my brother because I locked it all away. And in prayer, a few years later, when I gave God my anger and cried like a little five-year-old and just said, where did he go? Where did he go? And the Lord let me cry it out. And when I gave God my anger, it unlocked the chest, and it gave me my memory back. Hmm. And the Lord let me know that while I don't understand, and be sure, it is a question I will have for him when I meet him. Why was it 12 years? Why only 12 years for David? Mm. But God let me know that in his wisdom, he allowed David to die mm. in his goodness. And who knows what he protected David from? So even though I don't understand, I have heart knowledge that God was in control. It wasn't, he's, David's not floating in space. He's home and he's waiting for me. Mm. And the second thing the Lord told me, was that he saved me in the accident. Mm. He didn't turn his back. He didn't overlook it. Mm. And he gave me a picture of angels holding the wheels of my little Renault 5. Mm. Straight, level. Because the, the weight of the engine should have tipped us forward and we landed flat. And the Lord said, I saved you. You're meant to be here. And there are purposes that I still have for you, even now. Mm. And I look at my kids and I go, wow, Lord. Mm. So just that knowledge that God is in control. It's not about whether I understand it Mm. or why, Mm. but it's the fact that he is all-powerful and he is good. Mm.
1: Mm. 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 Beautiful. Oh, thank you, Josie. (laughs)
0: So gathering myself from this huge yes. <laughs> story. <laughs> and The other thing I wanted to say was, remember that none of our stories are unique. Mm. They're common, right? So even though you know, I've got some flashy bits in mine, <laughs> God is the same. So when you hear Dave and Cheryl's story, when you hear my story, listen for God in those stories yeah. because he's the same God in your story. Mm. And that's who we're lifting up. We're not lifting up our stories, we're lifting up the author of our stories, yeah. Mm.
1: Beautiful. (laughs) Love that. Now, as we come and draw this in, you've got a little bit of a history with Alpha, haven't you, (laughs) Josie?
0: I do. I have a bit of a history with Alpha. So um, the Lord (laughs) sent me to Bible College in 92 in the States, and I got sick in 94 and had to come home for surgery and didn't have a church, was, was out of fellowship, and um, discovered that there was this new thing called Alpha at a church in Guildford called St. Saviour's, and so I thought, well, I'll go and get some fellowship, and it was fab. It was absolutely fab. I mean, I'd walked with the Lord a few years at that point, but of course, the Lord's word is living and active, mm. right? So even though it's stuff that you've heard before, you hear it in a new way because God's got a new thing to say. And what I loved about it was that, as it said in the video, you can really ask any question. So there was this one chap in the small group I was in, and we were talking about sin and why God gives us rules to live a blessed life and everything. And this guy said, and he's quite irritated, and he said, he said, so what's to stop me doing these things? I mean, what if I want to do these things? What's to stop me? And someone said, well, absolutely nothing. That's the point. We have free will. It's that God gives us guidelines of what will bless us. But, yeah, it's absolutely up to us whether we make that decision. So I did that Alpha, and then I went back to the States, and I um, went to two other Alphas because they were in the States by then. Um, And you were enjoying these sort of discussions by the sounds of (laughs) things. Yeah, I was. I was totally loving the discussions, and I got involved with the cooking and all that kind of thing. And then I moved to LA, I was an actor, moved to LA, and um, I ended up um, running for Alpha's at Malibu Vineyard. And what I would say about Alpha is that that it's so exciting to be reminded Mm. that we will never get to the end of knowing God. He's Mm. always got more to Mm. reveal of himself to us. And so often, even when you're giving your testimony, the Lord will tell you something new about what he did in your life. Like Mm. when the Lord turned the light on for me in that Billy Graham thing, what he did was it lit up all the fairy lights through my life that had led me to that moment Mm. and showed me that actually he'd been there all along in that conversation, in that event, that thing I caught out of the corner of my eye, that moment I heard Mm. on the radio, Mm. that Mm. thing that someone said to me, that moment in a film, you know. So if someone's here wondering about doing Alpha, or
1: if they've got someone that they're thinking they may be able, that friend of mine or that neighbor, possibly they'd be good for Alpha, what would you say to them
0: about inviting someone or coming along? I would say, what have you got to lose? One of the things that's so exciting about the Lord is don't be afraid of the hard questions. You know, you should see my prayer journal. It's pretty fruity at times. You know, I'm just like, what the is going on here? Because God can take it, and it's real, and it's honest. So, look, God, God is either who he says he is or he's not.
1: Mm.
0: I think a lot of us put God in the cool box you know, God in the ice tray, so we'll wait until we're really in a bad situation to discover if he's there or not because mm. we suspect he is there. Yeah. But if we discover that he's not, that's going to be really bad. So we go, let's just not look, let's just hope.
1: Yeah.
0: But Alpha's a moment where you can really wrestle and go, okay, I've got a question. Yeah. I've got a question, what about that? What I would say about inviting someone is, you know what, they say no, no harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. Maybe, you know, God is... The fact that they're in your life is evidence. If you know the Lord, whoever he brings into your life, he is at work in their life Mm. because he lives in you. So his light is pouring out of you. Mm. So if you think, hmm, I wonder if I should ask Sarah or Bill or whoever, take that moment. Just go, you know what, there's this thing at church, I wonder if you fancy going Because what if they say yes? Mm. And we hadn't asked. We don't know what's coming down the pike. You know, I heard of friends in the States who were on an alpha, and this 92-year-old lady gave her life to Jesus, and she went home to be with him the following day. Unexpectedly. I think she just knew she was going home and she decided to go. But the point is, don't not say it for mm. fear of being embarrassed mm. or looking silly because honestly who cares? Mm. Who cares? Mm. But you're offering someone life. Yes. Love that.
1: JC, thank you. So Alpha starts on the 10th of October, 7.45 for 8 o'clock in the Founders Studio over there. If you'd like to do it in Woking, it starts on the 8th of October. But obviously in Guildford, 10th of October. We'd love to see you there. Thanks so much.